Welcome back to another edition of Ke'elakai, the podcast. As always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Olivia Hickson. Hey guys, I'm Olivia. I'm Michael Kraft, of course, and we're joined today with our fantastic guest, Rahel Meyer from Germany. Ooh, hey, Rahel. Hey. <laughs> good to be here. How you doing? Yeah, thank you. Good, good. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can you kind of give us like a little brief introduction of you, what you want us to know about you? Okay, so again, my name is Rahel. I'm from Germany. Uh-huh. And I've been here at BYU Hawaii for now a year. Mm. Um, I'm a sophomore and I'm majoring communications. And yeah, I'm just excited to be here. So yeah. Yeah, we're excited right, to awesome. have you. <laughs> so we kind of talked about this a little bit before the podcast, uh-huh. but what do you want to do with communications? This is, this is so cool. <laughs> So I think my dream was always to work in the UN, um, United Nations, and in the humanitarian department, because back in Germany, I worked a lot with refugees. Mm-hmm. And I taught them German, I integrated them into the culture, especially mm. like child refugees. And I just like, I don't know, like I always imagine if something would have happened to Germany, I would be grateful if there are people, I don't know, in Syria or Iran that would like take care of me and my family. Mm. and would kind of like help us teach, I don't know, the culture and everything. And so... Uh-huh. At that point, I was just thinking, okay, I want, I want to do that. I want to do like nonprofits. I want to work with the UN. Wow. Yeah. Well, isn't that? Sorry, that's just that's that's amazing. That is that just warms my heart. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's, it's great that we have people like you in the world. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, for real though. Yeah. Um, when did you sort of realize that that was what you wanted to do? Um, I think it was one little girl I taught. Her name was Moshkan. Uh-huh. She was from Iran, and. When I first got her, I, like, I had to start teaching her German. She couldn't speak German. She mm-hmm. didn't really, I don't know, talk to me a lot. Yeah. And then after we met for a year, um, she kind of started to talk German. And she was like, Rahel, you're like the best friend I ever had. And she Aww. told me like the stories about how she like almost drowned in the like ocean and everything. And how um, her mom always died when she was pregnant. And they were running over mountains. And the, like, I know the houses were blowing up behind her. And she was like really scared. She couldn't swim anymore. Wow. And um, at that point, I was just like, I don't know, I want to, like, help people like her. And so, like, I took her to my, like, I worked at a dance studio, so I took her there to kind mm-hmm. of, like, you know, make her open up and mm-hmm. everything. And so it was just, I think this was the moment where I was like, dang, I want to do this the rest of my life. Yeah. That is so cool. So I know that when we're talking about, like, immigration and refugees, like, mm-hmm. there's always, like, that want, at least for me and I think other people too where they're like I want to help but I don't know how mm-hmm. so how did you get involved in that even like what was your process in getting involved with helping those people um I think because my parents they're like really open people so when growing up I always was used to having like random people at our house that would still just, just like stay for a time so I grew mm-hmm. up with like an African mama from uh, Nigeria who took like <laughs> care of us and everything hey. And who worked for like at our house and I don't know and they're just super open to people like them and Mm -hmm. my mom was an elementary school teacher and so she had to integrate those children and she was like hey Rahel do you want to take care of them because I have like a lot of stuff to do and you can just like earn money on the side if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and this is how I kind of like went into the refugee thing wow that is so cool yeah that's actually that I don't know for me that feels wild because I I mean I always love helping people but I could never imagine you know as like a young high school kid just helping people in such a real like tangible way like 
teaching them and helping them adjust people who've been through a lot more hardships than I ever could imagine. So, mm-hmm. you know, hats yeah. off to you. I think yeah. I think it's just natural because sometimes in life we just get opportunities and like other people don't get them. And I think if people would have, I don't know, been in my shoes, they would have been the same because they would have experienced the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I think like we all experience different ways of how we can help people. Mm-hmm. It's just like a different way. It doesn't make sense. Like we all don't have to fit in like the little box of, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. That's like just so cool because we're all here together. We're all at college together and like we're such a diverse campus. Mm -hmm. It's just so interesting how we can each individually help each other. It doesn't have to be like those huge things that like, like you don't have to help somebody overcome like a life trial or something Mm -hmm. that you can just be there for them and talk to them. And I think I really appreciate you saying that, that it's just individual for everybody that like what one person's doing isn't what would work for me necessarily. So that is just so cool. So I know, I think something that really stuck out to me about what you said a little bit earlier was if you were in the people who you're helping situation, you would want people like you to come help you from, if I'm, I'm not doing yeah, you no. justice, you know what I'm talking <laughs> no, about, I know right? what you mean, yeah. Can you kind of talk about that? That is just like a huge aha moment, like an epiphany that I feel like most people don't understand because mm-hmm. I feel like most people are like, I don't want these people here. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I don't like these people being here. But they don't understand that they could easily just be immigrants as well. They could easily just be yeah. refugees. Like in the blink of an eye, something happens. So I really appreciate you saying that. Can you kind of talk about that more? Maybe like what made you realize that? Oh, sure. Um, I think especially in the Western culture, we're like so used, like our generations, mm-hmm. of like being safe and secure and having like all those basic needs taken care of us and I think especially through like social media and all this like mass communications we become very um individualistic like we only like focus on ourselves and put the focus on ourselves mm-hmm. and we're not really I don't know we don't really get in contact with a lot of people who go through like a lot of like hard stuff or who live like in those like countries where they are being bombed every day because we just don't see it in the news and so mm-hmm. I think we kind of get irrelevant um and it happens like over some time and so I think if we just realize that there are other cultures out there, that there are other people out there that, like, need help. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know, like, I've never met a person that, like, met a refugee in real life, had a relationship and was just like, oh, I don't want to have any refugees here. Like, mm-hmm. I think it only happens to the people that, like, have no idea and just see, like, all the horrible things happen. Like, I don't know, refugees raping people or anything. It's mm-hmm. just about um, getting to know the person behind, like, the big picture. And I think... That's when really pe- people really start to accepting other people mm. and see that they don't have to take everything for granted what they have in life. Wow. Awesome. How would you recommend for someone to get involved? Not, you know, it doesn't have to be huge things, but to get involved in helping with refugees or with anyone who, who needs help like that? Um, I think it's a little bit hard over here because I don't really, like, know yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, but, fair. like, I don't know, back in Europe, like... We have a lot of like nonprofit organizations. They have um, stuff at every single school where they integrate the refugee kids and they search for like teachers for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if do you have the Red Cross here? here yeah, in the yeah. States? Mm-hmm. probably right. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so uh, I know that they do like a lot of activities too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I don't know. And even just helping in the communities and getting to know the people around you, uh-huh. I think that's important too because mm. they're kind of. 
Not that they're everywhere, but there are people you can find if you're really looking. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, that yeah, makes definitely. sense. Yeah. Yeah, Michael and I were able to help with the Tags Lottier conference that happened in February. And there was like a huge focus on loving the land around us and loving Lottier and talking about some of the different things that were happening around us and how we can get involved in that. How do you feel like you have been able to find that for yourself, maybe also in Germany, but also mm -hmm. here or wherever you are? How do you find that love for the land and the people there? Um... Oh, that's that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's very general. <laughs> uh, no, but it's a good one. I think, hmm, I think you have to spend time. Like, I think it's kind of like building a relationship. Like, you can't build a relationship with people if you don't spend time in it, and if you're really invested, and if the mm -hmm. intention and motivations behind it are mm -hmm. right. Doesn't make sense. Yes. And so, I think you can't just go somewhere. For example, I can't just go to Hawaii and be there a day and think, okay, I love the community here, I love everything. Like it takes time for sure to build a connection. And I just think if it's really what you want to do and have the desire to do, you find ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always think that there's a person around you that can always help you. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I want to just yeah. piggyback off what what you're saying. Um, it's true, like that when you're trying to understand a new culture and new people, you can't just kind of hop in and look at the service level and, and experience that mm -hmm. and think that now you understand that culture. And now, oh, because I went to PCC a couple times, I know everything about Hawaii and Polynesian culture and I'm an islander now. I'm an island. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it doesn't, that's not how it works. Yeah, so true. It also kind of reminded me, your your initial question, Olivia, about, we talked about the TEDx Laia conference mm -hmm. about, um, Chad Ford's talk about loving dangerously. dangerously. I don't know if you had a chance to go, but um, <laughs> it was his 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 talk was it was it was really inspirational. The sort of the premise is that when there's people who you don't know, you don't agree with, you don't get along with, the way to solve that and the way to sort of bridge the the gap between you two is not to sort of fight against them but you know people are fighting against you just go and serve them love them try mm -hmm. and you have to make yourself vulnerable that's why it's you know loving dangerously because they can be like no i still hate you <laughs> even though you know you open yourself up to them you're trying to like help them and be and be good and that's sort of what brings different people different cultures together over you know when they have disagreements when they have troubles between the two can I kind of branch off of that? I have a yeah. question about this. Um, so like I've said, I think that there's two extremes between when it comes to helping refugees or just helping people that are different than us. And one of them is like you, where you want to turn around and help them because you understand them and you've taken the time to know them. But then there's also those other people that I mentioned that are like, this is my country. You don't get to be here. Um, like, why are you here? So since you are such an advocate for helping people that are in those situations, how do you deal with the haters? I don't, I don't mm -hmm. hate the word haters, but like, how do you deal with the people that like the naysayers? Yeah, uh, that's a really good <laughs> question because I don't know, I always get passionate about it and I'm always like, not really angry, but like so frustrated at people sure. that just like, I don't know, don't understand it. And I think I just try to look at their background and like focus on all the people that do all the good stuff. Because at one point, I don't know, like I can say what I want to say, but like at one point you can't just change the person and you just have to accept it and do all the good mm -hmm. that you can do. Yeah. 
And I don't know, I, th I think you just have to look at the history of people, the history of countries and see why people are behaving like that. What are their cultural environments? Mm. I don't know. Germany has a lot of history. Um, everybody's an immigrant and everything. And I think if you kind of get this clear, the basic, like it's easier to talk to those people. Mm -hmm. I think you also shouldn't go in and judge the people up front. Like everybody has a history to tell. Everybody has a story. Mm -hmm. And so you should try to understand the person, except of just like judging them, even though yeah. it's super hard. Yeah. Yeah. I do love what you said. Everybody has a story. That's kind of our motto. Kilakai, everyone has yeah, a story. Yeah, we should change oh, that really? to our official motto. We talk oh, about that, like, at least. Yeah, yeah, we talk about that. Every that, time. That's sort of, um, I guess, whenever we're, we're looking for someone to do a story about and we're not really sure, it's kind of the thing. Like, everyone has a story. And it's true. Like mm -hmm. you said, everybody has a story. Everyone has something interesting about them. You just talk to them enough and you find out that everybody has done amazing things and everyone has like a passion and something that they're like super invested in and that mm -hmm. that they love and that's always a story that you can get and that you can relate with them through yeah mm -hmm. i kind of oh sorry you had to say no you're good you're good i have another sorry i keep asking you a million questions no, <laughs> um but there's something like i told you i'm from california mm -hmm. and i told you i'm from the central valley and there's actually a huge like I said, a huge Indian and Assyrian population there mm -hmm. and Mexican population, of course, because of immigration. And I love it because, like I said, I was able to grow up in high school where I just learned about so many different cultures and there were so many people there. And I feel like the place where I was was changed because of that. Like, there are definitely a lot more Mexican restaurants, <laughs> but there's also just like a different, like, we just had so many aspects of people's culture that kind of brought us together and we adopted parts of each other's culture. So how do you feel like Germany changed because of that huge influx of like immigration? Like how do you feel like the cultures like either yeah. clashed or came together? Like how do you how do you think that worked together? Um, I think it changed a lot. Mm. And probably because Michael, you grew up in Germany, you know a little bit yes, about I it. Did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and I think even if you would go back right now like a lot would have changed because mm -hmm. and the thing is it's good that it changes mm -hmm. because i think if a new culture doesn't like comes in doesn't mean it has to replace the old one but it can add to it mm -hmm. and so in germany i don't know have you ever heard of heard of kebab or döner or durim or something yeah i've heard of that it's like the best thing ever and it be it's i think it even came from turkey yeah. but like mm -hmm. germans just adapted for themselves because they love it so much and so it just became german culture even though it's turkish culture mm -hmm. and i'm so and glad think, that they adopted it Dude, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's delicious. just for our listeners could you explain it a little bit like what it is oh crap how do i explain oh it's oh i don't it's heaven like it's heaven. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know how to it's um it's a bread and inside of this is so stupid but inside <laughs> of the bread is um there are tomatoes you have meat and everything mm. and you have salad and then you have like special sauces for it too and yeah. you have this really special meat like it's pork i think you can uh -huh. have chicken you can yeah. have whatever it sounds so basic but it's the best it's thing fantastic ever. i've never had it but i've always wanted like i watched videos on it I was yeah like, that was good oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so great good. it's so great yeah, yeah, it's amazing how food can bring us together. <laughs> For real. It's so true. <laughs> yeah, I think just kind of going off of what you were talking about before the changes in the culture, um, I spent three years in Germany when I was younger, from when I was seven to ten, and then I moved. And then I came back when I was 13, lived there till I was 16. And, I mean, obviously it's different when you're like a seven-year-old. You don't really know a whole lot of what's going on because you're seven, you're kind of dumb. <laughs> but I mean, it's true. But kind of looking at the the two different the ways that it felt when I was there. When I was seven, it felt everything. I don't know. Kind of felt super like 
the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I could, when I when I went back when I was older, I could appreciate more that it, was, it felt like there was a lot more multicultural aspects to the to the culture that that I was experiencing. For sure. Um, but I think that's more or less. Um, that's a good place to to stop right there. We're we're running low on time, uh, but we have a couple, you know, just a little bit of announcements for the next uh, week and week and change. So today, obviously, is our Tuesday show. We've got coming up in three days. We'll have our Friday show, which will be Bruno, our producer, Olivia, and I, as per usual. Yes. And then next week will be our Tuesday <laughs> show again, and we will have another guest but we want to thank you so much for coming on today rahel thank you rahel oh thank you for having me yeah, <laughs> no, it's, this it's, has been so great <laughs> it, it really it really is it's, it's uh it's great to have different guests on it's, it's fantastic yeah and look out for our next episodes everyone <laughs> <laughs>